Thank you for joining us this morning, epidemiologist Dr. Michael Osterholm, who is advised president of the United States on COVID and the director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota, joins us this morning. I'm wondering, uh, doctor, why have the last two or three weeks been among the most challenging of the pandemic for you? Well, first of all, thanks, Fred. It's great to be with you again, as it always is. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. Well, on March 10th, uh, yet to be determined how, I don't know how I got it. I was exposed to the virus and got infected along with my partner and another party that was with us. Um, we literally don't know. The best we can uh, assume is it was a 26-second ride in an elevator. I did not have my N95 respirator on, mm. uh, but no one else was in the elevator. No one else was around. And so uh, it just shows you that, you know, this virus is highly infectious. And I had a rough couple of uh, days with this illness. I've, uh, you know, been treated with, uh, with uh, the drugs that you need to take, the Paxlovid, and I, uh, you know, basically found myself just uh, getting by day by day. Well, wow. Michael Osterholm joining us this morning. So there's a story out that says the risk of getting what's known as long COVID could be reduced uh, by taking that that drug Paxlovid after getting the virus. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Is that a, a secondary benefit of taking Paxlovid? I do. And in fact, there's really two things happening at once right now. As you know, this virus has continued to change throughout the time that it's first entered humans back uh, in 2019 till today. And we've had these different variants, the, you know, the Omicron, the Delta, the Alpha. And it turns out that the likelihood of developing long COVID was much higher for those who are infected with some of the earlier strains of the virus. So right now, for example, I never experienced any kind of loss of taste or smell, mm -hmm. which was very hallmark uh, of the virus early on. So we've seen a lower rate of long COVID among more recent infections. And then on top of that, as you pointed out, uh, data supports that up to 80% of long COVID cases uh, could be prevented by taking the Paxlovid. Um, and so from that standpoint, I surely recommend it to anyone who develops COVID infection is to get the drug if you can. So why is it important, Dr. Osterholm, to know the origin of COVID? And what's the impact of these findings for people, especially those with limited or no health insurance at all? Well, it's, you know, let's, let's go back to the origins of COVID. That's a, a kind of a separate issue here that's really, you know, on, in the headlines every day. Yes. And to me, I have been agnostic on that from the get-go, meaning that I surely think it could be a spillover from wild animals in the Wuhan uh, sea market. Uh, it also could, it could be something that leaked out of a laboratory in Wuhan where they were working on a virus similar to this. And to me, uh, we're never going to know. I mean, there will never be enough information. It's just like cold criminal cases, you know, that 30 years later, nobody has solved them. And for me, what I keep emphasizing is the importance of saying it could be either one and prepare for that for the future because we're going to have more pandemics. We're going to have more opportunities for the virus to spill over into animals. We're seeing that right now in Africa with the Marburg virus, a virus very similar to Ebola. It's twice just in the last couple of uh, weeks has spilled over into populations there. So I think it's really important just to focus on that and to focus on lab safety. You know, how safe are our labs? How will we be able to make certain that uh, the virus doesn't accidentally infect somebody who works in the lab and then they take out of the lab or that it actually leaks out of the air ventilation system? So to me, the, we're missing the mark by not addressing both of these as if you know, either one was responsible. 
Everyone, we're talking with Dr. Michael Osterholm this morning. So what does recovery look like? Well, I think we're in that stage right now where if the virus doesn't make any real changes in, in you know, the type of variants we see, so genetically, you know, it doesn't cause, more likely to cause serious illness or more transmission, then I think the next question is what happens over time with our immunity? Uh, you know, we'll at, uh, I had five doses of vaccine. I still got infected. Now, some will say, well, that means you shouldn't get the vaccine. No, just the opposite. Um, I, you know, am certain that I was not hospitalized. I wasn't seriously ill. Well, did I die? Because I had that underlying protection already. So I still strongly urge people to get the vaccine to stay out of the hospital. But what happens in 6 to 12 months, 18 months? What will we look like? Will we start to see a resurgence of new infections again? And we don't know that. But what we have to celebrate right now is, is that... If you look at the infections we do have, 97% of them are in people over age 50. We should really be concentrated on older people and people who have underlying immune deficiencies or other problems and making sure they're getting vaccinated. And if we do that, we can surely reduce at least this number of serious illnesses, hospitalizations, and deaths. Finally, we're not. you're talking about vaccinations, and I heard something uh, in one of your responses that uh, prompts this question. We're not hearing a lot about boosters. You've talking about, uh, you've mentioned yeah. just now that you've had uh, five injections. Uh, I've had two boosters myself. So how many more boosters do, does a person need in order to stay, to stay safe? Well, you know, Freddie, it's a lot like the issue with uh, other vaccines. Think about it. When we vaccinate kids for measles, vac- for measles, the disease, we give them two doses of vaccine over their childhood. And that va- vac- those vaccines protect literally for largely a lifetime, okay? The immune system and how that virus vaccine works is, is such that you get this long protection. Think about influenza. Every year we give a flu shot. Mm-hmm. Because we know that within months of after receiving that, the protection just wanes. It's reduced. Because in that case, that type of virus, that type of, of vaccine just doesn't provide the same durable protection we see with measles vaccine. So we're really falling into that latter category with the uh, different vaccines for COVID. We're going to be likely giving boosters at least once a year. Uh, for some people at high risk, we may actually see uh, two times a year. And uh, the FDA right now is looking at that very issue as we speak about that. Canada and, and Britain have already approved a booster, a second booster dose for those who are in these higher risk categories for serious illness who have been vaccinated with one booster already. For those who have been so boosted, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> so there'll be a word coming out for those who've been boosted twice. Are you suggesting going to your doctor and saying I need a third one now? You can't get it yet. The FDA is looking at this right now, and that's why I say stay tuned. Uh, because uh, there very well could be news in the next days that actually addresses that very issue. Final question, with no more uh, free COVID testing coming uh, out, uh, COVID uh, testing centers have been shut down all around the country. The inference is is that the pandemic is over. Uh, Is it now to the level of an outbreak, or where are we right now is the final question? Well, you know, first of all, you hit on a very, very, very important I think we're penny-wise and pound-foolish in not making uh, testing more widely available. So that is an important issue. But think about this. Right now, about 300 to 320 people a day are dying in this country from COVID. You know, that's right up there with the number of people that die from lung cancer every day in this country. Nobody would say lung cancer is not a problem. So I think that the, the thing we have to emphasize is that what we need to do is protect those who are older, 
protect those who are immune compromised. That will go a long way in reducing those number of deaths. But in, for right now, I think we all agree 300 deaths a day to COVID is not an ideal situation. I agree with you. Uh, I know people, it's funny you mentioned that, that soon, you told us early on, soon everybody will know someone who has passed yep. away from COVID, and that is very true. Yep, well, I'm sorry for your loss and for all of the losses out there. You know, one of the things, you know, when you and I talk about these things, I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you. But, you know, and you and I both know these people are not just numbers. They're names, they're faces, they're moms and dads, they're grandpa and grandmas, they're aunts and uncles, they're brothers and sisters, and in some horrible cases, they're our children. Mm-hmm. So we never can forget that, that these are not just numbers. These are real people. Dr. Osterholm, I can't thank you enough for being with us and for sharing some I always love I love being with you, Freddie. Thank you very much, sir. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. 20 minutes past the hour of 8 o'clock, Dr. Michael Osterholm, epidemiologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I won't say scaring the hell out of us, but uh, making us concerned about the safety of not only uh, yourself, but those around you mm-hmm. and giving us some real food for thought this morning. And, for, and and keeping us aware and keeping us up to date on and how things are going and where we are with things. Um, but I think the good news is that it's less deaths, obviously, than there were before and that we kind of have ways to be safer now than we did before. So I think that's, we kind of got to find some good news out of it. Yes, we have some tools. I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, Arizona had the most most deaths in the country. Meanwhile, places like uh, Hawaii, New Hampshire, and Maine had the lowest deaths from January 2020 through July of last year. Mm. So they're doing some things right. We can take some messages from those and some learnings from those cases and to be safe. The idea, as he mentioned before, this pandemic is not over. It's not over with us, even though we may be over with it. Right, for sure. Well, we'll definitely keep talking to Dr. Michael Osterholm and keeping, you know, allowing him to keep us up to date on everything that's happening with COVID. And like he said, it was interesting. He said we may never know the real origin of where it came from. He says it doesn't matter. Hmm. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I tell you what does matter. Larry Fitzgerald. He's next. He matters. Plus, we got tickets to Wiz Khalifa that's coming up next as well. It's 822.